Welcome to Flying Circus! We once again join our intrepid pilots as they start their first mission as a company. They're gonna be working to the essential Healer's Lodge as they send Tiger Leopards up to Delta into an expedition deep into the jungle, far into communes that reject the approaching forces of the Democratic Federation of Miko. What awaits our pilots in this episode of Skeleton Crew Flying Circus Bait? This episode contains scenes of violence, references to alcohol and gambling, extreme avian creatures, casual ageism, and the desires of the Fae. After a night in town in Miko, after the negotiations with the Killer's Lodge, it comes to prepare for next day to depart. And this is not going to be the same type of night as last night, but that does not mean that it's less intense. So, Errol, you have a very special move, don't you? Yes. I. I'm going to use whispered answers, which means when I sleep, I have strange dreams sent by my masters. All right, so you can go ahead and roll plus calm. I got a 15, which I get one answer. I'm going to ask, as Errol does his nightly prayers before he goes to sleep, He questions the universe. What should I be afraid of? You you go to sleep and you dream of a calm, dark blue ocean interrupted only by blocks of ice. There is the sudden bubbling, a soundless eruption as a pillar of black stone rises. Light reflects queerly around it dispelling your illusion that it was basalt. It breaks down into a sickly green, which, as it embraces the stone, becomes an ultraviolet explosion. And as the pillar keeps rising until it becomes a veritable island, you can see that the stone is using like like the scales of fish and images distorted appear in this black fluid and to focus you are able to see something massive you can see it seems to be some kind of airship no it looks like an airship it's too big and it is underwater and you see on its side a symbol that you have not seen, well, worn by anyone in the Gradient Archipelago. It fills you with ease, even if it's too blurry for you to recognize. And even remembering it seems to strain your dreaming memory. But you awake remembering the visions of the Black Rock, remembering this massive leviathan under the waves, steering... Awakened by unknown forces. 
Errol's going to sit upright, sweating, breathing very heavy, just and try to find something to draw the symbol while it's still fresh in his mind if he can. So what did you get? I got a uh, a big old one. Big one. Uh. <laughs> I rolled a one. <laughs> okay. No. Uh, actually, no. I'm going to ask you. What do you know about uh, the kingdom of Subwit? Um, not much, in all honesty. He might have heard of it secondarily from someone, but in all honesty, I as a player forget about the Kingdom of Sopwit. So it's a name that sounds vaguely familiar to him, but that's about it. History bores, Errol. Yeah, you probably are more familiar with the planes that came from Sopwit. Right. And you cannot make out the symbol, but you remember the types of planes that uh, you usually got in your village from uh, that used to belong to the Subwit Expeditionary Force, especially the, the branch that was sent to, to the colonies in the, in the Gradient Archipelago. Uh, because they tended to make pretty decent seaplanes. And most of the ones that you got, they were either designs of Subwit or from the Fokker kingdoms. So you are familiar with their planes, and you'll get the feeling that a lot of the design of this strange Leviathan echoes those designs. But you cannot make any sense of the symbol itself. Maybe it was too blurry on the stone. Maybe it was something else. After trying for a couple of minutes and resigning himself not to get any more sleep, Errol go out and wait fishing by the airstrip for everyone. So how everyone shows up the next morning ready to fly? Derry feels great. Uh, he's really refreshed after yesterday. He had a great time. He had a great sleep. Uh, with his doggo and you know is kind of raring to go agnes emerges from the nearby woods looking a little younger than she did when she vanished the other day and overall seems to be in pretty good spirits errol is sitting by the airstrip fishing just looking tired Errol, why do you look so tired? Did you not get enough rest last night? Where were you? Where were you? Not getting rest, it seems, so until you can match me in that regard, I have no time for your silly questions. You can't have any of the fish I'm catching. Why, on God's green earth, would I eat your fish? Agnes, I learned how to drink and how to gamble. I had a great time. I'm so proud of you, dearie, although I will warn you against abandoning the virtues of the world for the vices of men, but I suppose someone your age isn't going to learn that lesson on their own. Did you at least win? Yes. We have a lot of money now. 
no, we don't. Dad, sir, we, we had to spend that money after you broke things. We had a lot of money for 10 minutes. It's a new record. <coughs> but we figured out how to get more. We got a job. A job? You mean one of those contracts that the world of men uses to shackle and bind its citizens? Yes. Yeah, one of those. Well, does this one at least pay well? Um, well, uh... Mm. It pays okay, but uh, they're gonna cover... Hold on, let me pull up my notes. I forget what they're going to cover. There it is. Repairs and medical bills, I think. Which is good, because, you know... Yeah. Wait, they're paying us in medical bills? No, no, no Agnes. Ah. Uh. Errol gets up, walks close to Agnes. I know you're having trouble hearing. They're going to cover any repairs or medical bills we incur. Um, you're going to like this job, Agnes. It's a good job. Well, if you say so. Did Ida fuss much last night? She's usually fine on her own. Who? The child. I carry with me on the plane. Wait. Did, did you forget that Agnes has a kid, Errol? I thought I'd look. No, that would be foolish. Um, anyway, the job is a lot of fun. Um, we're going to be a distraction while they have a convoy make their way through the marsh. The kind of distraction that gets blown up or the kind of distraction that doesn't get blown up? Well, hopefully by salt and sea, we don't get blown up. Hmm, well... I suppose we do need to cover you young folks' medical bills, so I don't see why this is a terrible idea. I'll go check on Ida. Can't believe you forgot about Ida. It's really rude of you, Errol. Shame on you. Look, uh, Errol and kids don't get along. Sorry, guys. I told you that when you brought the kid along the first time. So, you go check on Ida, and... Ida is on the anger with the other mechanics. Mm. They are in one of the corner. And they seem to be making a game of their own. Moving sticks and stones and making motor no noises. And Ida does not seem to be paying much attention to Agnes. Agnes will nod her head and leave. All right. So you go back to your planes, which have been properly fixed up. Brand new canvas laid on it. And, well, you, the three of you look at the checkered pattern of the checkmates. And look at the tail of your plane and the dominating chess piece that determines your rank. Well, that probably should go at some point. You're still being labeled as checkmates for all intents and purposes. Dancer's piece is, of course, it's a pawn. 
but what are Errol's and Agnes pieces? Um, Errol probably has a knight. Yeah, that seems. I don't know what Agnes has. Agnes has, uh, like a. I don't know how to say this in a witchy way, but a swirly like wind pattern circling into like a splashy water pattern. So you don't have a chess piece? No. Okay. If I that... need one, I suppose I'll have a bishop. Yeah, I was going to say, how did you organize with the squadrons then, whenever the checkmates complained about your swirly motion? They complain about a lot of things a lot of the time, and I don't pay attention to most of them. But I, I do have this bishop in a pouch that I forgot about. Okay. So... You get a lot of anger stuff going around. See, finishing the last checkups on the planes, refueling. Well, is there anything that you brief before you check up your instruments? Agnes, um, apparently most of the danger is going to come from the wildlife. Um, there's thunder swans and fire falcons. There's probably going to be some air pirates, but we can handle those. Uh, and let's just really try not to get shot out of the sky or eaten by terrifying birds. Honestly, Errol, you remind me of a young man named Minoru I know who has quite the fear of birds. I think the two of you should talk sometime and confront your irrational fears. Now. Oh, we we already talked a lot yesterday about it, Agnes. It's 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 really worrying, like just how much Errol freaks out about birds. Errol, how do you feel when I call Bjorn to me? Well, that's a pet bird. I know it's only going to attack me if you order you it. You think so. Bjorn's my pet? You should not be in the wild ever. <coughs> well said, Bjorn. I'm not afraid of that bird. Well, you should be. Agnes will turn around to, I don't know, check that her living tree plane is doing okay. I mean, it's fine. Which, you know, everyone should check up their instruments, see that everything is ready. Have them easy at hand. Once everyone is done, say clear. Clear. I know my plane's great because I fix it myself. Clear. Clear. All right. Contact. Switch on. Switch on. Switch on. So you will leave the airfield. Everyone mark one RPM on your engines. Set your cruising altitude. At which altitude you want to be flying. And set speed to the lowest max in the squadron. My maximum speed is 24. Uh, my maximum speed... Where are you? I know you're on here. Oh, I'm a monster. Give me a moment. I'm pretty sure it's me, though. Mine is 15. Really? Am I? Oh, mine is 13. Okay, so you are girl at speed 13. Uh, at which altitude are you going? Check uh, your ideal altitudes. 
I'm going to go for altitude 15. Okay. Altitude factor one. Where is that? I have all the things open, except maybe the plane, but it's on your engine. Um, okay. Uh, mine's anywhere between naught and 29. So happy to go same as everyone else. Yeah. Makes it easier to signal to each other. So all are going at 15. Yep. All right. It seems to be a pretty clear day. There are not many clouds in the sky. You are underneath the clouds anyway. And you're flying over the swamps and the thick delta that floods the different communities that make Miko. And as you are traveling for the north, you can see the large series of barges in which the expedition is going and they send a flare every few kilometers so that you know where they are going and you remember what uh, what was told you by Mary Swartz that they told you that uh, the the voyage will probably be safe until they make out of the delta and afterwards they're going to be leaving the the swamplands and into the jungle and this is where they gonna probably run into a lot of dangers which you will need to bait away from them and you remember that uh, you're gonna have the opportunity to meet with the expedition and touch base as well as a fool uh soon enough before you leave the the delta properly now it is time to see how things are going for the long haul. So, roll a flat 16. One of you. Who would like to do the honors? Sounds like you just volunteered. I ah. vote for dairy in this democratic process we've set up. You're monsters. Uh, 2d10 then? Yeah. Cool. 19. Yeah, it goes without issue. Uh, it's easy flying. It's a long stretch of riverways. There seems to be plenty of hidden anti-air guns that are keeping most of the wildlife and bandits away. And it seems like this part of Miko is pretty safe and... Uh, the communes that constitute the Democratic Federation, they seem to be doing well on their own. It's probably one of the wealthiest places that uh, you have ever been in the Gradient Archipelago. And its defenses seem to justify that. It's a lot of hours on air, struggling with the engines, struggling with the cold. So... How do you pass the time and keep yourselves on edge as you signal back and forth between each other? I think that Derry probably tries to start a game of I Spy or like similar things that, you know, kids do when they're in the back of the car on a long road trip. I think he's probably trying to get games of that kind of nature set up. 
Agnes is very much misunderstanding the intent of the game and instead is looking for places of power and particularly wild or um, untouched areas of terrain and signaling those back to Derry, not understanding his confusion. Like, uh, I, I get that it looks like a really interesting tree, Agnes, but it, it, it doesn't start with a Q. You have to find something that starts with a Q. Agnes signals back that the letter Q is for quitters. <laughs> Errol signals towards the ground. Quagmire. See, that's how you play, Agnes. Yes, it's a quagmire. Your turn. I hate this game. Then come up with a better one. After saying he hates this game, Errol will continue to play I Spy. So you make your way to the end of the Delta, and you follow the origin of one of the many rivers that pierce the swamps into what seems to be an irrigation field where channels have been cleared for the landing of planes. And as you drop from altitude and approach, Agnes, what about this place tells you that this is a a witch community? Not the kind of witch that you are familiar with, but you recognize the vibrant power of uh, some kind of swamp witches from these remote tiny hamlet in the swamps. Every so often at the edge of Agnes's perception, there is a quick dash of light along the rivers or the trees, which Agnes knows if she tries to look for, she'll only ever lose in an non-ending, frustrating, long line of trying to find something you can't see. But if she lets it pass on the outside of her vision, she always can find the ley lines that are tracing themselves around the source of power that witches can connect with in the wild, some that she is very familiar with. She's never really tapped into any swamp energies before, but at the end of the day, wild magic is still wild magic, no matter what form it's in. You make your safe landing, and... You leave your planes and you meet with the barges of the scientific expedition. And you can see a lot of works, uh, work going on as they too are focusing on refueling. You see that they have, they have the turtle beasts they described last time. And Dancer, one of them. Uh, Seems to immediately get friendly with you. Which one? Uh, I think it's a the fairly big one that still uh, has most of its like equipment and everything uh, strapped to its back, and it sort of uh, lunges forward. Like maybe um, it can smell uh, Tuka uh, on Derry or something. Um, it just goes up and just like gives them a big lick and. Uh, Derry just immediately starts like smushing its cheeks and, you know, saying, oh, you're a good turtle leopard. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. So as the turtles are getting in with the pilots, Errol, you go ahead and you see as people are moving around to get feed, to disembarking, 
the the critters to moving out the equipment to them. You see Mari Schwartz bundled uh bundled with a lot of rubber clothing, uh a thick net uh hanging from their head, as they seem to be uh pretty excitedly arguing with uh, which seems to be like a poor, exasperated merchant. Errol's going to walk up and not interrupt them. Just see how this negotiation plays out. Now you see that's that's not it. Well, we no, it's fine. It's fine. We can we can take a lot of palm oil from that. You seem to have plenty. That that's not palm oil. What do you mean that's not palm oil? What what you extract here? Those are ferns. Those are not ferns. They are. They are. Uh, you can check my stock. I gladly do. Oh no! Please don't. And you can see the merchant just give up and let Mari just go into the warehouse and point at different plant products and seems to be making a bunch of assumptions that are really making the the merchant despair. I'm going to look right at the merchant. Just what is what what are they looking for? They're looking for everything and nothing at all. They just want to know what we do here with plants. But honestly, they have no idea. Uh, is this supposed to be one of the botanists? Uh, let, let me speak to them. And I will go in the warehouse and just... Mary? Oh, yes, Errol. So, uh, was everything fine with you? You you ran into problems? Not at all so far. I'm. This is going too smoothly. I'm sure it's going to get more interesting. What, are, are you just... What, what's going on with you and this merchant? Oh, I'm very curious. I mean, I see the step that the Lodge brings back to... Back to Miku... But uh, it's very hard, uh, very, it's very unusual that I get to interact how things actually are made and where they come from. I could not let this opportunity pass. Of of course you couldn't. All right. I guess have a look around. Let us know when you guys want to resume moving. Yes, we are just waiting to see how the, how the turtle leopards are doing. Make sure that they are well fed. And we'll start moving on. All right. And just we should, uh, be, we should leave at dusk. Yeah. Just no later than that. Take it a little um, easier on the merchant. Yeah, I will. All right. I probably need to be doing some other stuff. See you later. Bye, Errol. Gonna give the merchant a wave as I walk back to the group. Errol, Errol, I made a friend. You can't keep it. But what if I want to? How will you take it anywhere? Um, get back to me on that. Maybe. Tell him he can't have it as a pet. Derry, do you want it as a pet? Oh, I, I mean, it's giving me affection, and that's always and will, nice. Like, way too quickly for her stature, like, come up next to Derry and say, Derry, do you want it as a pet? Um, uh, no, ma'am. Sorry, ma'am. Well, okay. Then uh, if you don't want it as a pet, don't get it as a pet. Seems like we solved that pretty easily. Yes, ma'am. 
the turtle leopard seems embarrassed and uh, his flying head disappears beneath the shell and it grows softly. I wish I could do that. Well, uh, have you ever tried? Derry's eyes kind of widen. He's like, no, I haven't. And he just like shrugs his shoulders up and sinks his neck down a little bit. As if I he know is that trying. you can't see yourself right now, Derry, but you look just like that leopard turtle. But you shouldn't be able to see me at all. So I need to practice. Well, more. I mean, you could I'm see it, scrunch its head in. It's the same thing. Right, Errol? Agnes, like, smacks Errol. Yes. Um, look, one of my cousins back in Innsmund can do it. Well, he'll show you. It's a neat trick. He does it at parties. There often. you go. Errol's cousin, Ismund, can show you how to do it. What a nice young man. It, Innsmund is the town. How about you mind your tongue around me? Whoa. Um, I, I mean, you, Agnes, you are a little bit um, hard of hearing sometimes. It, it, it's okay. Agnes will squint we, we suspiciously. Do you want an ear horn? I know you said no last time, but I really think it could help. I don't think she heard you. I think she does. I think we should just get her one. Agnes. Mm, sorry, I was talking to the wilds. What did you want? Would you like an ear horn? I'll carve you one myself. How in the world would that help me speak to the wilds? Why would I want something made of a dead animal to shove in my ear? An atrocious idea. We tried. So get back to your plane. And it's time for you to air patrol. So now you're gonna leave the parts covered by the territory of Miko. So it's going to be thick vegetation on the swamps and jungles should start popping up soon enough. So there's a lot of ways that things can be hidden. And as the sun is setting and the three moons are slowly appearing in the sky, Clouds seem to cover like a blanket horizon, threatening rain and reducing visibility. There's a lot of hiding spots you need to be aware of. So, who is going to lead the squadron as you search the skies? I feel like Errol is, you know, set up kind of as the lead. Not when it comes to flying thing, to finding things. So like a good leader, I will delegate. <laughs> oh, all right. What am I rolling? What am I looking for? Uh, you're rolling plus calm. Plus calm? I'm great at that. I stand corrected when I roll a one and a two. I am not great at that. I rolled a six. <laughs> I hate hearing that noise. Okay. So, you setting for the long haul, and as soon as the sun disappears on the horizon, it starts raining intensely. Terrible rain. So, 
How open are your cockpits? Mine is fully open to the wind, baby. No glass here. Yeah, mine looks open too. I've got some overhead cover, but rain's coming right in my face. Yeah, this is going to be a very stressful flight. And how do you feel drenched to the bones? Agnes, you're not exactly a young one. It's probably going to be extra hard on you. Well, my body is indeed frail, and this is the opposite of what I would like to be spending my time doing. It is always a beautiful reminder to reconnect with the, the, let me find my notes here. It's always a reminder to connect with the, the, the vial of pure spring water and the feather of the beasts of air that I keep with me as my charms. And even though I am utterly miserable right now, I'm trying to hold either one of my focuses close to me and uh, focus myself attuning to the harsh and wild weather around me. And Errol, yours is probably the opposite. How do you find this hot rain comforting? Out in Innsmund, you're constantly flying in the salt spray. Uh, everything gets moist just from the waves crashing. This honestly feels a lot like home. Yeah, but on the other hand, as this goes on longer and longer, and there starts to be this smell of ozone everywhere, how do your gills start feeling irritated? The itching around the gills is the hair standing up on the back of your arms for Arrow. He knows something bad is coming, and so, and this is just, you know, setting myself up for the future move, in addition to, he takes out the rope he keeps in his cockpit and starts tying himself in. So, everyone does a full check. So, when you check your full, use up to one full unit for each of the below since you last check it. If you've been flying under power, if you have flown a long distance, if you have engaged in combat, if you have climbed more than 10 altitude. So, in your case, each of you going to mark two full. Two fuel marked. How's everyone doing on full? Did anyone slow down? I have one left. Wait, do you only have three? Uh, that's what my notes have. However, I did not update them when we stopped at the runway. So you, you use your uh, half-full stats then. So what oh. is your max speed now? My max speed is half-fuel, no bombs. Uh, I, I, my, I'm still like a 20 or something. I'm way faster than the rest of them. Okay, so it's the max speed, the slowest max speed is still 13. How are the others in full? Uh, I'm a 5 out of 7. Okay. So you still don't have a penalty? I have 11 fuel left. I'm good. Okay. Alright, it seems uh, you're gonna... So, Agnes, the, the mission already barely started, and you see your tank running low. What is your plan? Should you have to keep flying for longer? I always have my trusty broom with me in the cockpit, and if push comes to shove, I can always just hop on it. What about the plane? Well, you know, 
Um, not sure about that one, but I suppose we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Oh, it says here that fool, uh, the, you have a, a farman, right? I have the, the living grove or whatever the, the yeah, tree was. the farman. Uh, you have six fool, so you should be at four. Okay, yeah, so I, I looked at my notes and I said I have three fuel, which seemed low, but yeah, okay, I'm at four fuel. Yeah, you're at four. Okay, so you still don't even have a penalty. But still, you're going to be the first one to run out. Yep, trees so, don't carry a whole lot of gasoline in them. Yeah. Well, <laughs> which is gasoline, but trees. we end in our time. <laughs> uh, okay. So we're going to have to do an air patrol again. This time, because of the rain, you get minus two. And you get plus one, because this is the second air patrol. So who wants to handle this one? I really shouldn't. If it's based off of calm, I already take a minus three to it. Yeah, if it's based off of calm. All right. Oh, if it's based off of calm, I can do it. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'll do it this time. Okay, so roll plus calm minus one. How's a 19 sound? A 19 actually sounds great. So you move to the reins. And you keep looking out for threats that might descend open the caravan of leopard turtles. And you see thunderbolts at the distance. And Arrow, you are able to track a mating pair of tender swans. And you can see them emerging in and out of the clouds, leaving a trail of Tender light, uh, thunderbolts on their wake. Each of them double the size of your airplane. And for a moment, the sky is clear and you are able to see the two mated swans dancing with each other on the sky. How do you react to seeing these massive birds oozing? electric discharges to propel their deadly dance. Errol is truly awestruck. They're beautiful, wondrous, stunning shows of nature's power. And he's in a kite with an engine strapped to it. If he were somewhere safe observing this, it would be beautiful. But in the kite, it's dangerous. Um, he's going to... I've, we can signal to each other. He's going to signal to Dancer, get ready to perform. The swans are here. So are you discovering beauty? Or you're saving it for something else? I am actually going to choose to discover beauty here. Okay, so describe how you are moved by what you see. So we joke, and I mean, for there's lots of land-born nature that Errol hasn't seen that he doesn't get the appeal of due to being in a seaplane and all that. Growing up on the open on a tiny island in the open ocean, these thunder swans are the whole package. They're beautiful and terrifying, and the lightning shining off of their feathers paints a stark image of exactly what they look like. And 
so few people have seen them from an angle that Errol is. It almost moves him to tears how beautiful they are. Okay, uh, clear one stress. So that's also one XP. You were stressed already or not? Yeah, I was still stressed. I didn't clear any from the night off. So. No, I mean, were you actually stressed? No, I was one okay. before it. Okay, well, you are not two. Okay, so the swans are living their lives, but your job was exactly to keep threats away from the from the caravan to have them pursue you instead. So you know that the caravan has no visibility with this with this rain. And they will be easy prey if the swans were to notice them. So what is the plan? Errol signaled to Dancer because of the performance he put on with avoiding with getting the attention of and then playing keep away with the plane last mission. The swans are big and terrifying, but Dancer is fast and agile. Errol wants him to take the lead on distracting it. That. Oh, okay. So, uh, Dancer, you look towards the Thunder Swans and you see electric discharge after electric discharge. And you see, and you realize that Errol just told you, hey, you, get yourself there in the middle of that. Yep. <laughs> yes, he did. Um, which is, you know, tons of fun. Um, but luckily, uh, last time, I think we decided that um, Derry was going to go for Slipstream Mastery, which, you know, is all about that, you know, bobbing and weaving. So, and, you know, he's feeling kind of, been kind of confident, you know, like he had a, he had a really good time last night. Um, you know, things are kind of looking up. So yeah, let, let, let's get into it. All right. So as Danger is going to do this, what are the other two doing? How are you preparing for wars? Where are you hiding your presence? Um, did you ask how we're hiding our presence? Yeah. I suppose you want to be a close at hand should the worst happen. Well, I mean, I'm putting a thing in a Discord because I can't put screenshots here. But I have a move um, that's unique to the witches called Out of Mind, which is when I shut my engine off or hide my face, I will pass unseen by those who haven't spotted me already. Are we still at a distance where the giant thunder, thunder turkeys haven't spotted us? Yeah, uh, yeah. I guess you can shut off your engine and glide. And as I'm gliding, if I need to, um, I assume I won't for a little bit, but if I need to, I will use uh, my connection to the wind with my air focus. Um, I can cast like a, an air spell to keep myself going. I think that should be no problem. You just turn off your engine and you glide. Maybe you climb a bit to exploit the, the energy. Right. And then you just keep dropping so that... By the time you get back to 15 of altitude, you are ready to jump in. Yep, yeah. that sounds perfect. Yeah. When, so, yeah. when Agnes vanishes, 
Errol's going to drop lower and stay right above the convoy. So that way, when inevitable, if something goes wrong, he can react fast. All right. So, dancer, time Get for it. you to engage. Roll two d right. The roll two d tens. Just two d tens. Cool, cool. Eight. So, you are going in their directions. You want to catch their attention. But you had to start evading their trails much earlier because you are surprised at, at really how active these clouds seem to be on their wake. And you have to make more exaggerated turns. And as you are struggling to keep your plane flying through the chaotic clouds, you see that the Thunder Swans, they have noticed you before you were ready to get the jump on them. Not only that, they immediately start climbing up and they clearly are gaining energy so that they can pursue you on a dive and enclosure you on a thunderstorm. And you are still struggling to evade their trails to get close to them and ideally to outrun them. So you're going to have to evade danger. So you're going to roll plus queen to avoid getting tangled with the thunderbolts. Okay. Uh, Okay, keen's not so bad. How do you like 21? All right. So tell us, how do you render the threat of the tender trails and the ozone discharges, making them completely non-issues? So while I think it would be really cool for Dari to figure out, oh, there's there's um, a pattern to the discharge and, you know, uh, it's it's timed every, you know, couple seconds. Um, I don't think that he's actually smart enough to figure that out. And I think that it's more that he's just sort of winging it. He realizes, oh, there's there's a couple gaps, you know, where there's not, you know, some thunder. So maybe I'll just push forward a little more, just kind of uh, reacting. He gets he gets really in the zone. Um, to figure out and yeah he's not really figuring it out he's just sort of um gliding through um in all kinds of twists and turns and just i think once he gets out he's like huh lucky me okay that's when they started diving towards you what is your speed um, were we matching Errol's speed or are we going at our max? Yeah, you were 13. Okay, then yeah, 13. Okay, so ideally you want to get as much speed as possible so, to, so that you can outrun them. Okay. What you're going to do about that? Um, I would like to speed up, please. You're going to boost. What is your maximum? Yeah. Uh, 15. Okay, yeah, so a boost. And 
And do you want to couple this boosting with another maneuver? Hmm. Um, let's see what we've got. What would be handy in this kind of situation? Like, I, I don't want to get too far away from them because I want them to follow me, right? So... Well, ideally, you want to match their speed so that they don't get an advantage. Okay. So this is, you went to not be faster than them. You still want them to be able to chase you, but you want to match their speed. You can tell now that they are faster than you, especially as they are diving. Okay. So they're going to be particularly fast as they close on you. Yeah. And pulling up would slow me down, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so I don't want to do that at this point. And again, you can also dive to gain speed. Um, yeah, okay then. Let's let's uh boost in a dive. Okay. So, uh what is our boost value? My boost is All right, let me just uh 2. Okay. So, you're going to add 2 to your speed. Okay. And you can trade altitude for speed on the range of one to three. And if, because you're boosting in a dive, you can go above your max speed. Just keep in check your overspeed. That's when your motor starts going to hell. Uh, overspeed. Where do I find that? Should be on your planes features. Do, do. Engine. On the engine. Ah, okay. Overspeed is 20. Okay, so I can go up to 20. Okay, so if you get over 20, things start getting nasty. Okay. And you are at altitude 15. All right. So then let me just do some math. So I'm adding my boost to my speed. My boost is 2. So that's taking my speed up to 15. And sorry, what can I do with my, my altitude? I can. Uh, you for each altitude you drop, you can uh, gain three speed. Uh, I'll drop one altitude then, so I'll take my speed up to uh, eighteen and be at altitude fourteen. Uh, do you get G force? Do I from these? I don't think you get G force from this diving. I think you get G force when you climb up. Okay, so you are at altitude fourteen, and your speed is now eighteen. Yep. You are pushing your engine and you are really pushing yourself hard you keep looking at the diving terrors and they seem to be gaining on you you don't know if they are that fast or it is because they are dropping from quite a high dive but uh, they are closing in closer and closer as fast as you're going Mm. and they're gonna be on top of you soon enough And you can see as the lightning shines, the black and white of the rows of teeth that they have. And they seem to be eager to clutch you and pull you out of your airplane and share you as a snack. Kind of rude. Rude, I know, right? So you are now at... um, what is the the third uh, the third range? Third range. On uh, yeah. Uh, which is that? Is that on the dashboard? Uh, long range. You are at long range. Okay. 
So they are at long range from you. And the good thing is that, you know, they don't have guns. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, they will be shooting at you right now. Yeah. Uh, The other bad news is that they have massive talents. And that is lightning bolts falling on their trail. You can dogfight them. Hmm. You probably going to need to dogfight to shake them off. So what's going to happen? So which option of dogfight you're using? Let's take a look. Um... So do you try to escape a bad stop? Uh, a spot, bait them, defend? Or do you want to turn the tables on the pursuer and open fire on the swans? I think I've got to try to turn the tables. I mean, it's... Really? Do you want to attack the bird? Oh, I don't... Maybe not. Um, yeah, okay, let's, let's escape a bad spot. Um, and do, yeah, bait them and defend. Let's let's do that. Okay, what is your handling? My handling is 98. 98. Okay, you're going to have minus three. Cool. <laughs> yeah, because they have pretty good handling. And you're going to be rolling plus queen minus three. Okay, so my keen, I think, is two, so that's just a minus one. Okay, Dicebot, don't listen to me then. The Dicebot logged out of the chat. <laughs> what? Wow. That's so rude. Um, do you want me to go and just get my, my actual dice? I mean, we can use the, the other bot can also roll dice, right? Uh, I don't know if it can... Oh, yeah, it can. Sorry. Uh, poly 2d10 minus 1. Yeah, here we go. Cool. <laughs> yeah, rolled like shit. Rolled like shit. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is going to be pretty bad, but yeah. do you want to... Yeah, that that will be too expensive, but do you want to commit to the turn? And uh, lose even more speed to try to improve the role. Um, I would. I, I'd be losing so much speed. I'd be stopping, wouldn't I? Well, yeah, you're gonna be stalling. Um. Hmm. Okay. Hang and on. The, uh, you're gonna already lose your turn bleed and your speed factor. You are at eighteen, right? Yeah. And your turn bleed with this plane is two, right? Or one? I know, Sarafina. Is that on the engine? Should be. Reliability minus two? No, no, no. Turn bleed. Turn bleed. Uh, Yeah, it's two. Yeah, so you're going to lose three speed anyway. Okay. And you will need to get plus nine. Hmm. So... You will need to lose 18 speed, so it's it's impossible. Okay. You cannot get a success for no matter how much speed. So you lose three. Lose three. Okay. Back down to 15. Yeah. And you try to evade them. You try to turn around. But the problem is that there are two of them. And... Yes, you are trying to avoid one. You realize that the other is waiting for you. And the other one was not really hunting you. It was waylaying you 
so that you would get right into the talons of the other one. And as you turn your head just in time is to see a massive swan back against the lightning as it tries to tear apart your plane like a can opener. So you're going to take fire. Okay, so you are going to be, uh, you are being shot at knife range. Okay. A little knife range, little melee. Uh, and you're going to roll minus keen, plus any penalties that you might have. So you're going to be rolling minus two. Cool. And you went to roll low this time. Has a five. Okay, so the talents, they see to miss you at the last minute. What did you do as those things fly way too close to your head? I think just some instinctive, like, you know, just a, a quick turn or something. Uh, just a really, like, slight maneuver. And it's kind of like with the mountain again, where, you know, there's just like maybe a couple inches between uh, where Derry pulls the plane slightly to the side and, you know, the collision. All right. So you are too close to them. They are really on top of you. You really need desperately to gain some distance. What are you going to do? More boosties, please. Okay, do you do any other maneuver with the boost? Um, I think boosting in a dive, just trying to get, you know, uh, close to 20 again. Um, I think I'm at, yeah, I'm at 15. Uh, Speed? I don't, I don't want to go over 20, but it'd be nice if I could get higher than 18. <laughs> oh, yeah, if you, if you boost on a dive and you go to 13, you can get to 20. Cool. Okay, so I'm at 15 now. That would then a regular boost would give me 17, and then I'd get to 20 with dropping to 13. Okay, yeah, I'll do that then. Okay, you do that, but uh, but the problem is that the maneuver is done way too fast, and you start and you start to spin out. This is fine. Yeah, and. You are quickly gaining distance, but you're losing control from your plane. You have two choices. You either can try to recover or you keep racing the birds as you are still spinning. Hmm. I think I'm going to risk it and just keep spinning and accept the consequences. Really? Yeah, let's have some fun. <laughs> Gonna have the consequences. <laughs> Tell my dog I loved him. Okay. So you managed to avoid the bird. You raised them. But your plan is completely, completely out of control. You're just darting through the rain, spinning, losing altitude faster and faster and faster and faster and faster and faster. Soon you cannot see the swans, but those are the least of your worries. Because was that a branch that just hit you? And you realize that, oh no, I'm in the middle of the night, diving into the jungle. Sweet. So it's time for you to make one hell of a landing. 
because your only choice is to somehow make sure that your plan lands in a way that does not destroy itself and you. So it's time for you to go down. When you put down anywhere you should not, roll plus calm plus crash crash safety. Fantastic. I am a very calm individual. (laughs) All right. uh, Crash safety. Where do I find you? On the plane. On the plane. Uh, Minus one. Okay. So, and then I have... Okay, so minus four altogether. Wish me luck, everyone. Oof. How do you feel about another two? (laughs) Okay. So, on a hit, uh, on a miss, take all the three above, but choose one below as well. Mm. So each member of the crew takes one d five minus one injury. So roll for it. Cool, cool. Let I got a up. zero. Yeah, <laughs> you are somehow on sketch. Uh, at which speed you were going at two, right? So yeah. Uh, roll one d ten and multiply that by two. That's the damage that your uh, plane takes. I rolled a three, so six damage. Okay. That's past Tudness, right? Uh, let's see. You're already severing it to the strain. Ah, I have uh, eight toughness and 28 max strain. Okay, so you're still, you still are pretty fine. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and you land somewhere deeply unfortunate. Yeah. Yes. That sounds like me. That sounds like you, doesn't it? Now, you have to choose one. You or your crew die. Your plane is completely totaled. The place is the worst possible spot imaginable. Put me in the worst spot imaginable. I'm going to need to look on your shit. So as, as I go through that, as I think, we're going to go back to the others too. So, Dancer did a great job. Sun, the sky is clear and there is no tender swans on sight. And you see the caravan continuing without problems. Problem is, you see no signs of Dancer either. Okay, so we're going to assume that Agnes continues alongside with the caravan. And Errol, you've been, uh, you've been hanging around. You see that uh, you see Agnes popping out of existence in and out as she guides the caravan safely away from the place of the encounter. But you see, well, that's the point. You don't see Dancer. What do you do? Errol, as soon as he's sure Agnes is watching the caravan, will veer off in the direction he saw Dancer going. Um staying at the altitude he's at and trying to find dance. Okay. Uh, we're going to do an air patrol. You're going to roll plus calm plus two. I have a 20. You find uh, the trail that uh, Dancer left on the sky and you are able to follow them. And we go back to Dancer and you wake up somewhere deep in the wilds, something soft on your face. It's probably fine. Yeah. You look around and you see that somehow 
against all odds, your airplane is fine. It's, it's fine. I mean, there's a bunch of scratch, but it's fine. Sweet. And you turn around and you see that there is a blanket of enormous palm leaves that have blanket you. It's almost like a pillow. And you can see that the trees, they have caught you. And they seem to be slowly nurturing your plane. See? Forests are great. I don't know why Errol was bitching about, about trees last night. Trees are great. And as you steer, the trees bend gently and deposit you in what seems to be a placid pond covered in blue and green algae, knee deep to you. Huh. Well, I should probably try getting the plane out of here and see if I can get it back in the air. You can hear giggling from among the trees as you get down to shake on your plane. Ah, uh, hello? You see the trees parting away now. You see the trees opening as they seem to be turning inside out and you can see faces appearing. Well, this is happening. Hi. Like, Derry's very, like, kind of nervous, but also, you know, he's, he is, like, a fey-touched race, so he's not completely, like, terrified. He's, he, he just knows to be kind of careful, I think. Yeah, even for the fey-touched people. It's quite unsettling how these spirits look like. They seem to be slowly emerging as, as these violent birds, as they force their way through the trees. And their bodies, they seem to be covered in a shining resin that congeals like rubber. And... You can see what looks like mannequins covered by slowly solidifying rubber while some of it still uses like melted latex from the top of their head making some extremely disconcerting wavy hair that twists like long nooses that are actually snakes. And as one of the trees splits in two and forms a throne, there is a majestic, blue, dark, skinned man, lean, tall, bare-chested, wearing loose robes and wearing a headdress of what seems to be broken engines? Compressors? It's a bit like a signal of context. And as the rubbery mannequins flank you, his shiny eyes seem amused as he observes your travels. I think that given the context, uh, Derry is going to bow and say, Thank you um, for allowing my plane to land so safely in in your forest uh that is is there anything i might do to repay such kindness indeed you are 
someone that owes a favor to this court. And you can see the more of the giggling. And it's especially disconcerting as the wooden mannequins, their mouth twists behind the layer of latex mockingly. You have been spared by your grace. So you own a favor to the court of JJ, the great conqueror of the green and dark. Second herald of the Fae, Knight of the Silver. Uh, I'm happy to uh, to, to lend a, a favor to someone of such importance. What, what, what service might I provide you? The enthroned Fae, which you take to be JJ, or at least that's the name he's giving you. You get the feeling that that's not his real name. He smiles, and you can see that his teeth, they are literal pearls 